Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're beginning a new sermon series today. This uh, sermon series is called To the Ends of the Earth. And I'm going to be focusing today on Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Now, sure, it'll go. Okay, thank you for giving me control. <laughs> we have just celebrated the birth of our Savior. And as we've celebrated the birth of our Savior, what we've done is we, we, we have called to mind all the things that have happened, how Jesus came into, into this world as a little infant. And we remember that he grew. He grew in stature, he grew in knowledge. That he went out and into the world uh, proclaiming, proclaiming the kingdom of God. He was, he was doing miracles. He was, he was healing the, the sick. He was, he was uh, raising the dead. He was driving out demons. He was doing all these things. We remember all of this. But then we also remember he came here with a purpose. And that purpose was to die for our sins. And we got to ask ourselves the question today, especially as we begin this new year with a clean slate, how should this affect us? Our reading for today, this Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, is not one that we normally get this time of year. It's one that normally happens uh, roughly about the May time frame. And I think as we get into the reading, you will understand why. But it is important as we begin this sermon series to the ends of the earth, because we are going to begin in Jerusalem, is where we're going to start. Now, Luke, Luke begins his, uh, uh, the book of Acts. He's writing to Theopolis, and what he's telling Theopolis is, hey, I, I, have, I have taught you, I have told you everything I can about Jesus and his disciples. So he says, in my former book, Theopolis, he's talking about his gospel there, the gospel of Luke. In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And we too are reminded this day that we've heard about all that Jesus had done and Jesus had taught. So Luke continues, he says, during this period, he says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's the resurrection of Jesus that really gives us a solid foundation for our work as Christians, doesn't it? Because if it were not for the resurrection, why did Christ die, right? And so Jesus rises from the dead, and what he does is he spends 40 days and he's out there teaching, he's teaching his disciples. He was giving them all these many convincing proofs that he was, he was the Christ that was to come. And Jesus hit all the learning types. You know, not everybody learns the same way. Some learn by reading, some learn by seeing, some learn by doing. And what Jesus is doing is he's hitting all the learning types. He's, he's teaching them. And they heard him teach on many occasions, right? Even when he was with them. We read in, uh, we read in Luke uh, towards the end of the, of the gospel that what he did is he opened their minds to the scriptures to help them understand and they were also able to physically be with Jesus, do things with Jesus, things like even eat with him and converse with him. And Jesus had claimed to them. He told them, he told them beforehand, he says, I'm gonna be raised. It's a tough thing to understand, but he says, I'm gonna be raised. He says, I and the Father are one. And he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, what he's trying to relate to them, if Jesus were not God, these would be blasphemous statements, and God would not raise a blasphemer from the dead. But God did raise Jesus, showing the world his deity, and therefore we can trust and obey his teachings. Now, we think about what did Jesus trust, and we could be here a long time trying to teach, we could be here a long time trying to go through all that Jesus had taught. But, but really what Jesus was talking about was it was about his resurrection here and, and the message that the kingdom rule and the foundation for our work as Christians is now being laid before us. Because what we as people of God do now is we proclaim that Jesus died for their sins, that he was raised from the dead, that he now sits at the right hand of the Father and that he's coming again with power and glory. You see, the resurrection, not just in the life of the disciples, the resurrection is a turning point in the life of people who have faith in Jesus. But you see, the resurrection happened, but there is a whole future life out there to be lived. A whole future that the apostles here are looking forward to. And as we begin this new year, a whole future that, that we as a people of God are looking forward to. Now his disciples, they don't understand. They're trying to change the subject. They're asking him, well, okay, Lord, is, is this the time that you're going to, to now restore the kingdom to, uh, uh, to, to, to Israel? And he's trying to tell them, no, 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 you are not understanding. You are not understanding. It's not political power I'm talking about. It's spiritual power. It's spiritual power to accomplish the task that he was about to give them. And that was of being witnesses, his witnesses, to the end of the earth. 
And so what does he tell them? He tells them not to leave Jerusalem, right? He tells them not to, but to wait, wait for the promise that they had heard from him, this pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Now, the reason he's telling them to wait is the church isn't ready to go do the mission that he has given them to do, right? And that mission is to carry the gospel to the world. Now, they had been with Jesus, right? They had watched what Jesus done. They listened to what Jesus taught. They saw the miracles. They saw the raising of the dead. They saw the driving out of the demons. They, you know, Jesus even gave them a chance to go out on their own and proclaim, uh, proclaim his kingdom. So they kind of knew what they were supposed to do. But they were lacking one thing that was necessary. And that's what he promised them. It's a power a power that was going to come to them from the Most High God. And so he tells them to wait, and what waiting allows for, it allows for a time of, of preparation and provision to be ready to go out and to do the mission that they have to do. It's, it's hard to be successful if you're not prepared. And so waiting also resists impulsiveness. I mean, how many of us have gone out and done something on impulse? Maybe that we later regret it, right? You go out and do something on impulse. You see, God's going to use the church in a very mighty way. He's going to use the church in, in a way that they, that they don't truly understand yet. But if the church attempts to fulfill the mission that God is giving them on their own, they're going to fail. They have to wait for this empowering that Jesus has promised and so the Lord says, hey, before you go, wait. Wait because I'm sending you help. I am sending you help. I'm sending you power. And this power is not going to be the kind of power that kind of comes as you go and do what Jesus wanted you to do. It's not like maybe we would understand something like on-the-job training or something like that. This is a power that comes to them to be his witnesses in the world. Now, this was a busy week for me this past week. Uh, this past week, we had two baptisms, which I thought was awesome. We had a baptism of uh, Charlotte Carstens and little Mia Petty. Two of those are now children of God. And we think about the concept of baptism, we understand that in, in baptism we all receive the Holy Spirit. But you see, we continually need that power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We continually need to be filled with, with that Holy Spirit. It's that power of the Holy Spirit that we have that allows us to go out and witness. To be, and it's not just being able to go out and, and speak the gospel boldly. It's not just being able to go out and, and memorize verses out of the Bible. What it is is it's the power to lead a godly life, to be able to lead a life worthy of the gospel. That's the foundation that's the foundation of our lives. And our godly lives are, are, are something that the outside world continually watches us. They try to look and see what Christians are doing, trying to understand how, how Christians live out this love of God that they have. Now, I'm not saying you got to be perfect before you go out and witness. 
Because none of us is perfect, right? None of us is perfect. I'm not saying go out and be perfect. What I'm saying is you need to be seeking to please God with your life, with how you live your life, forsaking all that sin that you know of in your life. Now, as we go out and witness, we have a focus. And that focus is the Great Commission. That focus is to be out there helping, helping to make disciples. And, and, and here's where it really comes down and hits us. Because where does that start? Right here at home. That's where it starts. It starts right here at home. The disciples are to be witnesses there in Jerusalem where Jesus had been rejected where he had been brutally and unjustly killed. And they were to bear witness there and, and to Samaria, which was a, a, a group of people that, that they disliked immensely. And they were to take it beyond that to the ends of the earth. And here's what they would find as you witness to God in your life, you'll find the same thing. That as they went out and, and, and they were witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jews and seeing the impact that it had in their hearts and their lives, they found that as they went out and, and did that same kind of witness to the Gentiles, guess what? It had the same kind of impact. The gospel impacts people's lives. And so likewise, as we go out, I'm sure some of you have experienced this. Some people are welcoming of the gospel. Some people are not welcoming of the gospel. But you go out and you live the gospel. That's what you do. You live the gospel. And you, it may take you to people you are not naturally drawn to. It may take you to people you have no idea who they are. But God has called you to do that. Because we remember, we remember that the gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And so Luke concludes his reading today by giving a story, talking about the ascension. And he's repeating really what he had said in his gospel. But he says, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. Now, you hear that reading. I don't know if you get a picture in your mind. I'm one of those guys that gets a lot of pictures in my mind. I get a picture in my mind. And that picture will appear. There we go. This is the picture I get in my mind. I get a picture of his disciples all standing around, staring up, and these two, these two men in white, probably angels, that are sitting there, they're telling them, hey, hey, you guys, quit gazing up into heaven. Go on. Get on with what Jesus told you to do. He's going to come back. He's going to come back in the same, bo in the same bodily and with power and, 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 and glory as you had seen him go into heaven. He's coming back, so go. Go do what he told you to do. Now, we remember 
that God's already acted on our behalf. He's given us his son. He's given us his son to be our savior from sin, to go to a cross and to die in our place so that we may be forgiven and that relationship that we had with God that was broken would now be mended again. And you know what? We're now walking in the sandals of Jesus' disciples. You see, because we're now to go out and tell others what Jesus has done for us. It also means, you see, really that this mission that Jesus came to this earth to, to, to go and to seek and to save the lost, that mission has been passed down. That mission is now our mission to go out to be his witnesses in the world today, recognizing that where our preparation begins is right here at home, right here at home. And we know it's a long road that we walk, isn't it? It's a long road that we walk, but we have a spirit, a gift given to us through his word and his sacraments that help make us witnesses. And we also have one another, don't we? And together as a family of faith, we join in worship. And then what happens is we go out through these doors we have at the back of the church here. And we proclaim the forgiveness, the new life that's available to people and salvation that has come to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.